Are you ready to feel more energized, focused, and supported? Go to LayeredSuperfood.com and add nourishing, plant-based foods to fuel you from sunrise to sunset. Use our promo code DRD at checkout to save 15% off your purchase today. 92% of households that join Peloton early in the year are still active a year later. Yeah, if you like cycling to EDM. Not just EDM. Try cycling to Broadway hits, take a scenic hike in Iceland on our treadmill, or row to some 80s jams. Because I have so much free time. Whether you have 30 minutes or just five, Peloton can fit any schedule. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton tread, row, or bikes risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home trial. Ready for the interview and if you get a cue live on a laptop watch what I'm gonna do Welcome to the show let them know we got a point of view Hey yo let's have a combo say what you feel be real that's the motto real talk pronto Dr. D PhD hit the intro Hold up wait gotta be social network global a home for the locals Gotta be social network global a home for the locals All right Rachel I literally enjoyed our conversation we had offline before. It was so much fun. It was just awesome. I really enjoyed our connection as well. And I've really been looking forward to connecting with you now as well. Yeah. And uh, clearly you're at work. I mean, it's very official back there. I love that. People always at work, work. always official. (laughs) So uh, I wanted to jump in actually and talk about this article that you sent me uh, a little ways back about cursing during uh i forgot which article i sent you even i remembered i sent you something it was so long ago (laughs) yeah right about like providers cursing during their services and how Mm -hmm. like people feel connected to that Mm -hmm. did you come across this well i actually came across it because cursing is part of my everyday being and you know of course there's who you are. And I am a professional healthcare provider. So I, you know, you have to be authentic who you are, but at certain times in life, you have to kind of, sometimes for me, especially you have to reel it in a little bit. And one of the things that who I am is I'm an authentic connector with people. And part of my authentic truth, I happen to have a very colorful vocabulary. (laughs) And um, I think that you know, it's for me, sometimes a good fuck, a good, just saying it, right? (laughs) Just saying, (laughs) sometimes you just have to drop a good fuck, a good shit, a good, you know, are you fucking kidding me? And like, to me, if if I want to say like, are you fucking kidding me? Or like, are you fucking kidding me? And it depends on your tone and depends everything. But I can't find a better substitute for are you fucking kidding me? And you know, just saying, are you kidding me? It just doesn't sound the same to me. And it's not really who I am. Right. (laughs) And so in, you know, I'm a healthcare provider, I'm a physical therapist, I'm a business owner, I'm a, you know, Ivy League grad and all of those things, it's kind of, you know, maybe seen not so positively by a lot of people in that light. And so for me, I have to be authentic who I am. 
And when I read this article about healthcare providers and how when you curse with patients or not cursing at them, obviously, but it's just using language as emphasis or using it in certain directions. And it actually said that it reinforces um, the relationship, the compliance and the connection. And so I kind of just use it to validate who I am and, and allow myself to really be who I am in all phases of my life. Now, did you, was this like something you went into fairly naturally in the beginning of your practice or were you kind of like, I'm not going to like curse really? Oh, you mean when I was, when I was in my twenties and being a really good, a good little girl who just, just graduated from Columbia university and did everything exactly according to the books. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, you know, I actually started my own business pretty early on into my career, only three years after I graduated. But the first three three years were a big learning curve for me. And I was on my best behavior for those three years that I could possibly figure out how to have. Um, and it was an authentic version of myself, but it was certainly an audited, edited version of myself because I had to. And I didn't think that I had any other way to do it. And I quickly learned that my drive, my entrepreneurship, my independence was going to supersede all those things. And that's kind of naturally how I got into being and continuing to be an independent business owner. So what was the, was there a turning point with this where you were like, you know what, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna say, fuck it, man. And I'm going to just like be in, you know, with patients and be like, mm, you know, sometimes you need to say a couple things that you know, maybe they're not used to hearing, you know, just be yourself. Um, and again, I'm not saying I walk around like, hey, Mrs. Smith, fuck you. Good morning. And goodbye, <laughs> you know, have a great. Sometimes I do. But so it certainly depends on the person and the audience. Yeah. And I feel like that's always in my life. If I know somebody better, the first time I, I, I meet somebody, I'm not like, hey, how the fuck are you? Get over here. But yeah. You know, it depends on the person. It depends on, you know, you have to get to know people, their views on life and see kind of, you know, their energy that they throw at me allows me to throw them my energy right back at them. And it's this reciprocity that happens. And so I don't hold back. If I feel that it's appropriate and they're going to receive it, sometimes I'll test test the waters is what I call it and see how it goes. And if it's effective communication, then it'll just continue naturally. Um, so, um, I, but that's not the question you asked me. I know I got off on a little bit of oh, a tangent good. like I do. <laughs> good. We like, ta- I like tangents. It's fine. Yeah. Well, you know what? All of life is just tributaries and tangents and Ooh. it all leads, it all leads somewhere, but I'm not sure where, but it leads us somewhere. Tributaries right? <laughs> and tangents. That's uh, I like that. That's yeah. good. I'm going to use that. It's good. Yeah. I'll give you credit for it. Okay. <laughs> right here, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Rachel, I'll give you credit well, for that. Well, you know, my mentor, and actually, I think you were asking about when I first um, started engaging in a little bit more of an authentic version of myself. And actually, my mentor, John Barnes, he's somebody who I met in 2005. And he's somebody who really helped me kind of let go of some of that linear good girl have to be training that's been, you know, shoved down my throat my whole life. Um, And um, one of the things is that it's so so obvious, but we call them John isms that he says mm. is 
there's no such thing as a straight line in nature. Mm. And, you know, he'll tell us, look around, look at a park, look in, look at the field. Like the only thing that you're ever going to see that's an actual straight line is a bench that someone fabricated or a fence that somebody put, pick, put up. But in nature and the way things really organically exist, there's no such thing as straight lines. So, you know, it's all tributaries and tangents as far as I'm concerned. That's great. I thought there's a lot of wisdom being happening here in the beginning. I like that. From cursing to wisdom. Like well, it. but cursing <laughs> can be because it's authentic. So it's sharing some of your wisdom in just uh, interesting ways, right? Yeah, most definitely. So I, I'm curious about this. It makes me think about you. Like when we talked offline, we really didn't talk about physical therapy much. You know, we kind of got onto a lot of different things. But I, mm -hmm. I, it made me think I actually I am curious about your thoughts about the profession at large and how is it different from when you started to where it is now? Yeah. How is the profession different? That's a really interesting question because it constantly it's evolving, changing, just like life. And certainly the past three years, like since the pandemic and everything, like I think everybody's life has changed so much. So our profession has evolved and changed as well. But the basic fundamentals of what my beliefs are and how I care for people and treat people and what my raison d'etre and what I'm here to do, that actually hasn't changed at all. So my roots, my foundation of who I am and how I, through my business and through myself, provide healthcare for people, it's evolved and grown, but it actually hasn't changed at all because the foundations and the roots and the values that I believe in for patient care are still exactly the same. And so what are those? I think for the audience, it's good for them to know, like, what are your values and the roots and the foundation that you started yeah. on and you still maintain, you know? Yeah. And again, through John, my mentor and myofascial release, he helped me continue to develop myself and grow as a process because it is an ever-changing process. Um, it's about listening and talking, right? And it's not about just listening with my ears. I really spend most of my time listening and talking to patients with my hands and all of my other senses, right? So when I see a patient, I look with my eyes, right? When, when I first meet them, I hear what they have to say and I listen with my ears and I get my hands on them and I feel their entire mind-body system, right? So I call it the mind-body machine. So it's not just, oh, a, a frozen shoulder or you know pelvic pain walked into my clinic. I don't look at diagnoses. I don't look at symptoms. I actually listen to human beings and they really know so much and they have their own wisdom. People will come in and some people want to actually talk with their mouths a little bit more. Some people are more comfortable. They want me to get my hands on them and actually feel and listen with my other senses to understand where the imbalance is in their body. Um, but the one thing that I have to do is I have to be open and receptive. I have to allow my patients to also feel that they're open and receptive. And then this experience happens between the two of us. And it's this one-on-one -on -one unique experience that happens each and every time. And that the, the principle of being open, active listening and active speaking, whether it's using my mouth or other things that I do is the, the root foundation of what we do in order to, 
to give good healthcare to patients and good physical therapy. So in the time that you've done this, do you feel that the patients have come with a different mindset to the process of physical therapy or have you felt it's, it's fairly similar? Like someone's getting re maybe referred to a physical therapist or a doctor, or whatever. Is there more, more resistance or less resistance, or it's just kind of like a grab bag of feelings that people have? You know, through? again, I would love to say in general, this is the texture of things. I think that with advances in, you know, we get information so much quicker. I think people have a lot more information, but I think people are, they also don't always know the difference between real valid information yes. and just information. And I think that now, even I, like I'll go on the intranet or on Insta or whatever it is, and I'll look at information and it's sometimes hard to discern what's factual information, what's appropriate information, and what's just bullshit information. Yeah, Sorry yeah. to curse at you. No, please. But, it's fine. But, yeah. but there's a lot of bullshit information out there. And it's so hard for everyone, I think, including myself. I don't know if it ever happens to you where I'm like, yeah. you know, even I'll look at images now and they're the technology and everything is so good. Sometimes I'll see a video and I'll be like, is that a joke or is that real? Mm. Is that filtered? Like things are a little bit more confusing and difficult to discern if it's real or not at this point. Um, so people come in. And of course, now that we have information readily available, people do a lot of research on their own, which sometimes I actually kind of discourage people from yeah. doing because they're being presented with things that they're believing to be facts and information. And first of all, it's not maybe necessarily pertinent to themselves. And second of all, it may just not be true at all. So that's an interesting thing. Everyone's different, yeah. but they don't really know. So people are coming in believing sometimes they're more informed. Sometimes they're less informed. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> uh, no. And you know what? The less informed okay. that child, right? When a child walks into my room, whether it's a, a child of, you know, that's two or three years old or somebody who's, you know, their slate is clean. A tabula rasa is what I call a child. Mm -hmm. I love when a child walks into my room because children, they're open, they're available, they they share, they want to. So I love it and try to make it almost like, and then also what's great about when a child walks into the office, they want to have fun. And that is an important part of anything that I do with people or we do in the practice is I want to make sure that they're growing, they're learning, they're meeting their goals and they're achieving all these things, but you gotta have fun while you're doing it. And sometimes I have to make things more fun for people. And sometimes people bring the fun themselves. And then that again, is that collaboration that is just unbelievable. And, and it's an amazing hour or hour and a half to spend together. So let's, let's, let's have a good example maybe of what patients may bring in as something they believe mm -hmm. uh, or are like, they feel pretty solid about the information where you're like, this is not necessarily accurate. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, and again, it could be information like they brought in an article. Well, this article says I, sh I have um, pain in my pelvis and I should get Botox injections and that's going to help rid me of my pain in my pelvis and then I'll be cured. And, you know, I have to explain to people that that could be one thing that may be useful and we have to look at the cost benefit analysis of things, right? So you're coming to me, physical therapy, the root root value of it, it's a holistic 
mind-body connected practice, we're trying to minimize interventions. We use our hands, we use yeah. exercise, we use movement, movement being medicine. And we try to do things without further levels of intervention, right? Of course, people always, sometimes you need surgery for things. I had to have surgery last year and there was no other choice for me. I did other things to support it, but I also needed surgery. So I'm not saying surgery is bad, medicine's bad. None of those things. Anything that helps people is medicine, right? But from a physical therapist point of view, we're looking to do it using our hands and using movement as the primary sources and re-educating the nervous system and the brain to make the adjustments to the pain, the motion, the restrictions. And so you can just feel better organically. Yeah. You know, what's interesting, mm -hmm. I think, and both for you and I and what we do is there's a lot of listening talking, like asking questions, I feel like. For me, like I was speaking at a conference yesterday and someone asked me a question about certain training methodology and stuff. And you know, the person, they want you to give them an answer. Like this is gonna change it for me. And I always tell people, I can't give you an effective answer unless I sit down with you and ask a lot of questions of what's actually going, I don't even know what's going on. So I can't give you the best answer if I don't know, like, what are all the variables I'm, I'm dealing with, with you mm -hmm. at this point for that. And I said, I know that sounds lame because I'm not giving you what you want, but to give you what you want, I actually have to spend time with you. Absolutely. Know that. And then I think that's our fast food answer. Culture is like, well, just tell me what the right thing to do. I was like, well, sometimes it's just more complicated than that, you know? Well, everything now, like I said, information, it's coming at us so fast. It's, you know, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. Like, it's like, really, we want that information quick. Yeah. We want to Google it. We want, you know, just pop the pill and get better. But that's not the way wellness and authentic healing really works. It's a process. It takes time. And it takes not just listening and talking, but it takes that reciprocity and the energy exchange on that level that happens between my giving. When I give to a patient, I also take and I receive from the patient. Yeah. And it's that reciprocity and that exchange. Then the body has to take the time to process it, make its own adjustments. The brain, the receptors in our body make all of that adjustments. They come back in either later in the week, the next day, we then discuss, so how did things go this? And, and it's this constant reevaluation that happens. And there isn't a, a start and a finish because, you know, quite frankly, being a human being, regardless of if, if it's a minor injury, uh, something that's been more long-term, we're constantly enduring injury, change, all the things to our system, to our body, the stress, the strain of life in general. So it's this constant, ever-changing process that, if you have someone that spent that has the knowledge, spends the time, and can actually support you throughout these changes, that's what helps to maximize wellness as a human being. So I have two questions. Let's go with the first one here. Only two? Well, I have more. It just depends on what I hear. <laughs> like okay. I'm a big listener, <laughs> asker type of person, you know. But like you've been doing this a while. Like I've been doing my thing for a while. But what's the best part of it? And what's the most challenging part of it? For me, it's the same answer. Yeah, it's the Ooh. same answer. Yeah, it's it's the people. Yeah, <laughs> it's the people. I love people. Yeah. I really do. I am, you know, what, what, you know, I'm not about like the, you know, there's no such thing as boxes, right? As far as I'm concerned, but everything, you know, we have to use words, we have to put labels, right? So I'm an extrovert. I love people. I love the energy exchange. I love whatever. 
And so I thrive on my engagement with the other human beings that I engage with. Um, but sometimes because I have my own energy too, right? And I have quite a um, colorful energy. So I've been yes. told. <laughs> <laughs> I, can, I can attest to that. <laughs> <laughs> but again, I also have to, because remember when people come to me as a healthcare provider, it's their hour, right? That's and right. so again, I just have to keep changing my dial a little bit, depending on, cause I have to, I really, in order for them to maximize getting better in wellness, I have to listen to them and I have to give them what they need. Right. So some people respond better to a little bit more colorful, a little bit more fun. And some people I notice I have to kind of dial it down a bit and, and I don't curse with them as much, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, um, oh, I forgot the question. I'm just talking. No, you said both of those things. You said people, oh, the people. are both the, the people. most challenging and rewarding part of it. Right. It is because what you, what I get to give to people and then to see them and they come back to me and they're like, wow. I mean, every single time I spend an hour with a person, I change their lives more than an hour, mm. you know? And I just tell them, oh, you're an hour better now. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but they're more than that. And they come back and they tell me, oh, Rachel, you know, I wasn't able to X, Y, Z. I haven't done that in, in X amount of years. And now I'm able to do it. And, you know, even things like I wasn't able to bend down and pick my child up off the floor, or I wasn't able to like reach up and, or go take a walk. Some people come to me and they say, I haven't been able to get up and walk more than a block. And now I can walk three blocks. And so it's that life-changingness, that, that experience. And then they, so the people then feed me because it, enhances my life when I enhance other people's lives. So, and then it's also sometimes you work and you put the effort in and you can't do everything and you can't help everyone all the time. So sometimes you come back and they say, well, I'm a lot worse now. And then you have to help them seek alternative things. So sometimes it's the people, it's their, um, whether it's their state of mind, their state of their yeah. physicality, you know, it's so multifactorial how wellness and, and the physical mind body gets better. But um, sometimes you can, you have to say, you know what, I can't do anything more for you. And then you have to let that go and not, and then move forward to the next person as well. Yeah. It can be challenging. I mean, people can be the problem and the solution at the same time, which they is, are. it's a weird dichotomy, but I, I want to move into wellness. So you mentioned wellness a few times. Mm -hmm. Let's take like a large view and then we'll get specific. What are your thoughts about wellness as it stands in current society right now? Just general point of view. What what are you seeing, observing? I mean, and how I see it, because I'm going to yeah. tell you how I see it. It's I know you're going to tell me how you see it. Believe me, I know you're going to tell me. Let me so. tell you how I see it. No, it's, I mean, it's the only thing. So one of my three like tenets of life, like my catchphrases are happy, healthy, safe. Right. Mm -hmm. And not only do I need to be happy, healthy, safe, you need to be, you need to be as a small community. We all need to be happy, healthy, safe. Now, the order of priorities, it could change. Right. And and again, those are more representative of state. You know, we can use different words. Right. But, you know, though they all go hand in hand. And if we're not all of those things all of the time, nothing works well at all. So I think it's the most wellness, health, maximizing those things. And again, it's not just about, you know, how many green things can I eat today? 
happiness is part of it. And happiness for everybody is a different thing, right? So for you or for me, because I'll talk about me, like one thing that maybe some people may not perceive as happy, like I think tequila makes me happy. And so every now and again, I have some of that in my life. Now, is it healthy, like according to, you know, the powers that be? Maybe it's not the healthiest thing, but to me, it makes me happy as well. And so happiness, health and wellness, they all go together. And it's about finding that on an individual level. And we all have to figure out what's that balance between them all to maximize our wellness and our happiness. Yeah, it's it's interesting you mentioned that because, I mean, obviously, you know, you're going to participate in things that may be not quote unquote healthy, but that's okay because- you, if if you're really, you're like, okay, but this makes me feel good at this moment and I'm not overdoing it, but I'm also like, Hey, I find enjoyment in this. I think sometimes, especially in populations where they're just so rigid, like when you're in fitness and stuff, you're always around. If you're around a lot of fitness people, it it can be very rigid a lot of times. It could be, but it It doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be. And I'm always like, everyone's like, listen, it's fine. You, You don't have to live your life where it's like, you're constantly watching what you're putting in your mouth and what you're drinking. It's like, it's okay to let loose here. You know, it's like, it's say, paramount to let loose. You though. gotta let, if you can't you're a, be on the train all the time. You know, wait, if you're a person that feels good when they let loose, some people don't feel good that way. Me. Who are these and I people? think you, we're those kind of people. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> and these, I think that's the way we, who are these people? <laughs> I mean, you, you never met a person. Like I have some, and again, I'm not going to talk about my patients because all my patients are wonderful. Of You've course. never had a friend where you're like, oh, I can't wait for them to get that surgery. What surgery? To get the pole removed out of their, <laughs> you know, because that's the way they live their life. And, you know, sometimes I can be very, very serious and I can really, you really? know, I'm, look, I'm in my serious setting at you? work. <laughs> I can and I am. <laughs> but again, right. And so. But there are some people who you feel like you've never like you just feel like, oh, once they get the pole removed, their life is going to no, be. No, no, I know but- this. I'm just kind of like saying, like, who are these people? I'm like, you got to I don't know. I just feel like it's fine. You got to do your thing. But like there's a lot of joy to be had out there. A lot of wild times to be had out there responsibly that are just great stories, you know. And I mean, unless if you don't want to have fun, don't have fun. But man, it just seems like not exciting. Like it's like. Well, and that's to me and to you, right? And for yeah. me, like I, I am an exciting person. I need excitement in my <laughs> life. And no matter what I try to do for a long time, for many years of my life, I wanted my life to be normal. You know, I wanted my life to be just kind of boring, more straight line really? type of thing. And and I, yes, for a long time, Why? you know, it's always the, isn't the grass, you never had those experiences in life where the grass is greener. And it's like, my life is always so exciting. I just want to coast for a little while. Okay. Right. And when I set the intention of coasting, I just get bored and it doesn't work anyway. <laughs> it's a lot of work for me to try to coast and it doesn't work out for that long. And then it adds, <laughs> it gets into be more of a disaster. <laughs> It's a lot of work just to be normal. I don't want to do that. <laughs> like, <laughs> I stopped trying a long time ago and then my life got a lot better for me, yeah. you know? And because like, first of all, what is normal anyway? Like, right. I think that's like, that's like one of, one of the stupidest things that, that we can say like, uh, you know, and again, 
was that average? Is that whatever? I mean, that is basic. That is boring. Like I never want to be any of those things because it's not who I am. Now, if it's who you are, I want you to be as normal as you want to be. That's wonderful. But again, it's about being your authentic self. I mean, it's definitely about being your authentic self, (laughs) but man, there's a lot of things you can be in life. I mean, you can't be boring. I don't know, man. <laughs> boring is not, you never want to be, guys, I'm just going to put it out there. It's my podcast. I'm going to say what I want. <laughs> I'm like, listen, if, you, if you're like, I, I'm okay being boring, I'm like, man, I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't know, man. I like, I mean, I'm glad that works for you, but man, I don't know a lot of people that want to be around boring people. I really don't, man. <laughs> and I can't imagine you being around those kind of people I don't or know. you connecting authentically yeah. with those people so well because like my I one of the best thing I I'll, I'll tell you a funny story can I tell you a funny yeah, story well I'll tell you a story and then you tell me if you think it's funny right, I, I thought you. it was funny you. okay <laughs> so I was playing one of the things I also do which again is not something I tell everybody but here I go is my alternate life um is I would be a professional poker player yeah you told um, me that one, I remember that yeah I know I know but now this is officially on the record okay. right mm-hmm. so <laughs> Um, so I love playing poker almost, if not as, if not maybe more than I love doing what I do as a physical therapist in life and, and managing my business and all of that kind of stuff, being an entrepreneur. Right. So I love, love, love. It's one of my passions. It's one of my drives. It is a hobby of mine and a, and a leisure activity. Um, but I'm in a, a, a group, like a private group of people and we get together. It's like, instead of Thursday night book club with the ladies, I have Thursday night poker night with my friends and today's Friday. So I was playing with my friends last night and I was really um, excited about my day today because this is my first YouTube podcast ever. And I was like, wow. I'm so excited. It's my first so one. Amazing. <laughs> I, wow. Wait, are you honored or am I more honored that this is my first one? Let me think about that. <laughs> okay. get, get back to me on that. No, okay. this is, I like when this, I like when I'm somebody's first uh, podcast and thing. It's, it's very like, it's a big honor. It's exciting. You know, um, it it's is. not boring. I could tell you that. <laughs> Me or you? <laughs> no, I don't think I'm ever boring. I, I used to be pretty boring, though. I, I would say I used to be a fairly boring person uh, in my 20s, which mm-hmm. is weird to say. Like, you know, your 20s, you think you're doing all this stuff. But I was I felt yeah. like I was like very sh- tight all the time. Were you serious or you were very boring? serious, like very serious, but boring. Like, I don't think anybody would like really want to spend that much time hanging out with me because it'd be like, eh. Mm-hmm. And let me clarify, boring doesn't mean like you have to go and like party all the time. That's not it. Just like holding like a good conversation very, you know, it's like, oh, I'm interested in talking to this person. Like they have some interesting points of view. Boring Mm -hmm. is like, like you just don't want to do anything. You don't have anything to say. There's like talking to you is like pulling teeth. Like that's what I mean. It's like boring. I I call it just being an active engager, right? It's it's just like, like, you know, yeah. You don't have to be a party wild animal. I'm not saying I mean, it's a positive for me, but I'm like, <laughs> it's like a bonus, but you know, just like engaging. And I feel like uh, a lot of what happens in life is we just don't put ourselves out there. We kind of stay on the wheel, right? You go to work, go home, you got family, whatever or not. And you just kind of like do the same thing all the time. Spice it up a little just bit. Just you know? spinning on the hamster wheel in one yeah. direction. And that's yeah. it. And that's it. Yeah, and that's it's like it's it. got to be more than it. just that. It just mm-hmm. like that seems boring to me. And maybe it's some people like that, but it's just kind of like 
uh, a little, you gotta have a little charge in the life, pump it up a little bit, you know? It's like, Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> so wait, so back to the poker game last night. Yeah, yeah, okay. So I was like super excited and, 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 you know, I had lots and lo- I have a lot of emotions. I don't know if, if you can tell that, I but tell. I had, yes. <laughs> and I'm not afraid to talk about them or show them, except sometimes I'm good at poker, but you can ask my friends cause okay. you have to hide it a little bit. Right. Um, so I'm at the table. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm so excited. I got Darren. And they're like, oh, like, who is this? And I was like, oh, he's so, he's like, so cool. We had this conversation and we connected and there was just something about him. And we really, really connected. And I'm super excited because it was good vibes, good energy. And I'm really excited to spend this hour with him because I know we're both going to grow from it. Right. And they're like, yeah, let's look. And they were like, what did, what was so interesting about him? And I said, I said, oh, I don't know here. And I st- started to show them a picture. And I said, I don't know. He kind of reminded me of one of the Wayans brothers. <laughs> ah, that's funny. Yeah. That's why I you remember did say that. Yeah. You did say that. Yeah. I remember I told you that. And you said, nobody's ever told me that before. No. So wait, so my, my poker husband, I call him his, he, he goes, what are you, what are you being racist? Joking, obviously. And I, because <laughs> you know we're in the current state of affairs sure, where everything's sure. escalated about yeah. everything you can't talk about he was joking he's like what are you being racist and then I looked at him and I said no I'm not being racist I said there was something about him because I grew up with in living color like yeah, I'm a yeah. New Yorker and I grew up in that vibe and there was just something like really comforting and familiar about our engagement like the second we started talking I felt really at home with you right you know And, you know, it's certainly about your look and about everything, but it was so much deeper than that. Like you felt like our connection felt just, it felt old. It felt real. It felt like something very familiar and it was just comfortable and fun and amazing right from the beginning. So, yeah. yeah. So I wasn't being a racist and (laughs) about that, but I guess whatever, you know, I got to tell you, it was a very weird story, man. I got to tell you, like, not boring, though. Definitely not boring. <laughs> I feel like you'd never be so, a boring. You would never be boring to be around. Like, it'd just be like a lot of action happening. You know, you know what, though? I can be just as exciting and energetic, like, because energy goes bi-directionally. Like, I actually can and enjoy some of the things that I enjoy doing in some of my places. I call them my happy places. I can be, I am very, very grounded. I like doing calm things. I I actually yeah. really, really enjoy the quietness of life. Um, one of my other favorite activities is scuba diving. And scuba diving, you literally get in there, whatever. It's exciting in the beginning because you're like, oh, I'm going to jump in the water. Am I going to yeah. get eaten by a shark? And am I going to get this? Am I going to swim? Crazy. You get down there and it's just you, your breath, your heart beating, no other noise. You don't feel the world. You literally become a fish in the water. And it is the most beautiful, calm, grounded experience. And it's quiet and nothing else exists. And I really thrive on those moments. And for the whole time you're there, nothing else in life exists. You're just really, really present. And it's an individual thing. And so I, I thrive on those things too. You, you probably wouldn't guess all the quiet things that I really do no, like to do. Definitely not. Yeah. <laughs> no. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. you know, that, I mean, I, I totally believe it. I mean, like I have a very reserved part of me where I just, I just want to be quiet, you know, sometimes. And, I, you know, from different parts of the day, I enjoy just peacefulness, you know, quietness. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, when, if I'm around people, I want it to be interesting. Yeah. That's like my main thing. I don't want to be disinterested 
by a person. Like, yeah. I'm be very kind about it, but it's like, I mean, you know, I feel like I'm getting on a rant here about this, but it's like, I think if you think about the people in your life, right? I mean, like, if I'm, I'm going to spend any amount of time with someone, I want it to be interesting. Like, if I'm going to have a discussion with someone in a podcast, it better be interesting. <laughs> like, it can't be like we're staring at each other. I'm like, well, this was a bust. You know, it's like, well, if we're going to stare, I'm going to just stare at you like this. You That's know, weird <laughs> like... how you did that. That's so weird. <laughs> Really well, I'm a physical therapist. I have good control of all of my muscles. I have to. <laughs> How do you do that with your eyes, though? I mean, like. I, I so literally like I have, again, talk about being grounded and focused, like having that ability to separate and control. I mean, that's what we do with helping people. Sure. Right. If somebody's got a problem with one part of their shoulder, we have to be able to see the problem that's functioning imbalanced. Yeah. And we have to be able to help people retrain it. And so throughout my life, I've learned how to focus in on, on the mass movements of bodies and the way it works, but also the small things to kind of just control and move things differently. <laughs> yeah. And whether it's your eyeballs or, you know, through movement in life, um, yeah. different exercises, different body parts. Yeah. You know, you have to be able to function as a whole and be able to separate it all out as well. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I mean, that. I don't even, I'm not even going to try to do that with my eyes. I, did, I don't even want to take a chance for that. <laughs> and I'll come up behind you and hit you in the head and you'll stay that way forever. <laughs> I don't want to knock the blonde out of my hair. You know, I'm just, uh, <laughs> I like, I like the way it is now. I just want to keep it. Working. Well, you have to keep your Wayans brothers vibe or else we're not going to be friends. Remember, <laughs> I just don't understand this Wayans. I mean, I watched a lot of in living color, the fly girls, all this stuff, man. I don't know. Like which Wayne's brother, like Marlon, like which one's like, it wasn't even a particular one, right. Or a particular, but the, it was just like that in living color vibe. There was just something about it. And I, I can't even put an exact finger on yeah. it, but again, it was just something. And it was that familiarity to me that, yeah. and you know what? It's like, I was there with them. They were like family, like every yeah. single week, you're part yeah. of the, you're part of their family right. too. Right. And it was a family, you know, the show. And and even as a person at home watching them on TV, you grew with them. I did. And it was like part of their family, even though I've never met them as human beings. That was just <laughs> part of the show that, you know, the evolution. Right. All right. What was your favorite segment on the show? What did you like? Well, I have a few. I have a few. I mean, you know, like, you know, I'm a physical therapist. Right. <laughs> so I loved Jim Carrey when he did Handyman, of course, <laughs> because I. <laughs> That I always knew I wanted so to be bad. a physical therapist <laughs> and help disabled people. Right? <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Jim Carrey's really, I mean, he's so he good was, on that show. Oh my God. And wait, come on, like JLo. I mean, I'm from the yeah, Bronx. I'm a course. New Yorker in the Bronx. Like, what part of that show wasn't good? Come on. No, no, you're <laughs> right. You're right. Jim Carrey was an interesting fixture on that show because he was like the, clearly the minority. And that show, but Fire Marshal Bill. He was just as funny Fire as everybody Bill. else. No, oh, it was great. So, like, you know, I used to like this segment was like men on film. I always thought that was so two snaps, <laughs> two snaps around the back, around right? the back. The tiny little hat he had on there and stuff. And it was like, hated it. It was like, <laughs> how good was that? So good. Wanda, but, come on. Jamie Foxx playing Wanda, come on. No, oh you my did, god, it uh... was it. it... <laughs> 
<laughs> she was like, she she had bigger lips than me. You know? <laughs> like, hey. It was strange, man. <laughs> yeah. So wait, what part of that show wasn't good? Tell me again. No, no, I liked all of it. I thought it was yeah. even just the music, the fly girls, the way they, you know, it would come out, do the little monologue and then all the everything. everything was just funny. It was just it was so funny. Oh, man. And And these days. We can't be that funny. But, no, no. There was a know. lot of stuff that you might be deemed as offensive at this point. Oh, but uh, I mean, these days, I think Jim Carrey would be thrown in jail if, if he <laughs> tried man? to do any of those. I'm <laughs> No, they wouldn't have him arrested if he tried to do stuff like that. It's a great I, skin. I mean, I, no, I mean, <laughs> you, anyway, I'm not a comedian, so I'm not going to going to talk about that kind of thing. I'm just going to talk about being a physical therapist because that's yeah, who I it's am. OK, but, but you know what? You, but you're you know more what, than a physical it's therapist. No, you're more than that. You're definitely more than that. You play poker. You do all these different things. I'm a human being just like yeah. you. Yeah. yeah, I just interviewed a comedian, actually. And uh, I feel for comedians because I feel like it's a place you should be able to just talk about different stuff, have fun. You know, but it's also weird being a comedian because like then people want you to tell them jokes and stuff when they meet you. Like I know a lot of comedians and that's the people meet them and they just want them to tell them jokes. I'm like, what? No, what, what is this? Put a quarter in. You tell me a joke. I mean, you know, wait, what about what, what do you think happens when I meet people? Do you know what I because I think I told you way back. I put myself through school bartending and bartending yeah. specifically in, in strip clubs. Like I love working in yeah. hospitality. That's where I got a lot of my like customer service based skills from. Like I always worked in the hospitality industry, but it's interesting when I go out and socialize often. So if I say people like, Oh, you're a physical therapist. Like, Oh my back people just, they, and they yeah. want me to, to massage them and help them in this. Weird. So sometimes a lot of, and it's great, but I do that all day long. And sometimes yeah. I just, I was actually, I was at a friend's house last night and he uh, unfortunately was going through like the loss of a pet. We had, there were a few yeah, people there yeah. and we were all gathered and I knew uh, some of the other people that were there and he's like, oh, hey, how, and I'm like, oh, hey, how's your neck, whatever. And then all of a sudden I'm there, you know, working on somebody's neck and, and with pleasure, we were in a small group, but sometimes when I'm out, like again, like a comedian doesn't want to tell jokes. So I'll yeah. tell people if I'm in a group situation, sometimes they'll be like, Oh, what do you do? I'll be like, Oh, I'm a bartender, you know? And, <laughs> <laughs> and it, it actually is a much better conversation sometimes. And yeah. then I don't have to work. <laughs> That's funny though. Right? Like you're, you're like, Oh, I don't want to get into this, this other thing. You know, it's like when people ask me, I actually just got in this conversation with someone. I was like, Listen, like when people ask me what my profession is, they just don't want to talk about it after I tell them. They're like, oh, let's shut that down because it like sends a mirror back. They're like, oh, you're a fitness executive, personal trainer. Then they're like, then they start feeling self-conscious around you. Like, oh, I bet you you see someone like me. And I'm like, no, I, I don't care. Like, you know, it's like, but other jobs, people say they want to ask you all these questions about your job. No one ever asked me any questions about my job. Really? They're like avoid it like the plague, man. <laughs> like and to to me, I think it's really interesting. Like again, like when I I am so curious about and actually you've inspired me so much. I'm like I want to do my own podcast and I want to do this and and so to me though, like I found you to be interesting and engaging, and so I have a million questions for you still. But I know. Uh, I'm not interviewing you today. You're interviewing yeah, but you me, know right? what? It's a two-way street. It's a discussion. You know, I, know, I like when people know. ask me questions. You know, know, it's a it's a fun thing because it's a, just a conversation. You know, yeah. but for sure, for sure, you know, certain I've jobs learned... lend people into saying things that 
to talking more to you. And certain jobs, people, you're like, they don't want to talk to you if they know you, you know, it's like, eh. Yeah. Well, it's really funny because sometimes when people, so people find out I'm a physical therapist or a business owner or whatever they want to categorize me as, because I have so many roles in my um, profession and career anyway. Right. And then they'll start really engaging and I'll be like, oh, but you don't understand. Oh, you don't know my specialty. And they're like, mm. what? And I, well, because I treat pelvic floor dysfunction. And so, oh, yeah. So I know how to, if depending on the person, I'm either like, I'm going to turn this conversation up or I'm going to shut it down real fast. And mm. sometimes I just say it because I'm not even sure. And I'll be like, yeah, you know, I buy um, boxes of um, boxes of gloves by the hundreds and lube by the gallon. And I stick <laughs> my hands inside people to help them all day long. And then... <laughs> <laughs> and then it becomes an interesting conversation <laughs> see a person like me then i start asking a lot of questions i want to know a lot about that exactly <laughs> so. exactly but and then people don't ask for free samples also well, yeah. if i discuss well, that part of what i yeah. do <laughs> uh, uh. <laughs> oh i'm making my mom so proud right now <laughs> well, you know i mean uh it's just funny when you get around different company and everybody kind of wants to know what everybody does professionally you know mm -hmm. but any it's either like uh conversation promoting mm -hmm. or conversation killing when right. you tell somebody what your profession is, they're either like really into it or like moving on. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, you, and you know what, though, I've learned like if they're not into me and I know sometimes I'll say that and I could be like, all right, this conversation's either going to shut down, moving on or it's going to get really engaging. Yeah. But for me, I've learned like if somebody's really not that interested in engaging with me and you're in a social situation or whatever, then it is you just like that's the whole point of being in a social situation. Yeah. You just move on to the next, you know, I'm just and... going to lie about what I do for a living. And next time I meet a bunch of people and just yeah. go with it for a really but, long time. But what's the, what's the career that you're going to pick? Like, like now we have to find one, like we have to find your master plan and see if it works out. Like I always just say I'm a bartender. And then depending on the conversation, we take it in different fun directions, which used say, to be true. Yeah, no, that is true for you. I don't want it to be true for me. Like I want to be like, I was a go. I like, Oh, I, I fly to Vegas once a month. I'm a go-go dancer. Yeah, I awesome. Yeah, man, but then I do what are you gonna, like once a month? I mean, but, like, now, but then you're going to have to really like run with your story because like, yeah. remember, I did bartend in strip clubs. So I know everything, everything that I am able to learn about that industry. I was in it for a long time. <laughs> right. So if you start this conversation oh, well, yeah. and people do want to engage, you're going to have to prepare and do some research. So you're going to have to learn about another career if you I'm really want to go it. through this. I'm really not worried about it. Most people are not <laughs> that engaging about it. Like they're <laughs> like, I could say a bunch of stuff. <laughs> like, Oh, yeah. You know, and you got to talk talk to me about the outfit I wore. Oh, I love picking the outfits that I do. <laughs> you just start saying stuff. you could be a fashion designer. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, I like got those big, chunky boots. You know, I get right up on. Because, you know, I used to go clubbing a ton in Vegas. I've seen a mm -hmm. bunch of go-go dancing. Actually, it seems right. like very exciting, actually, for at least for a little bit. Not for a long-term thing. You know, you know it's, it's actually like, it's just like any other job. It's work. And like, for me, no matter what job I've had, I started working when I was 11 years old. Nobody ever gave me anything. I've been driven wow. in the self-starter since, you know, before I was even born, right? And I think that it's all about, like, 
being there, being present in what you're doing. And no matter if you're, you know, delivering newspapers, if you're bagging groceries in a grocery store, and I'm going through my extensive career, you know, if you're working in a restaurant, if you're bartending, if you are an intern and you're working and you're not making any money, wherever you're going, if you're driven and you're passionate about something, you A, end up being really good at it and B, you, you enjoy it. And that's the whole thing. If you're not enjoying it and you don't have the passion and the drive, then like you really go need to go do something else. Yeah, most definitely. What was it like uh, bartending at a strip club? And uh, what was that like? Um, It was an amazing, amazing, amazing time in my life. Actually, I learned so much about so many things. I had fun. I like, so for me, I love, you know, I call it like not the underworld or whatever, but again, I like doing things. Of course, I'm a professional healthcare provider, but I enjoy the other side of life as well. Right. And so like, yeah, like Vegas being yeah, in casinos, right. you know, I, this is another, I grew up in a second amendment household. So I grew up, I started, you know, my dad introduced me to responsible firearms from a very, very, very young age. So a girl, a Jewish girl from Long Island, like most people, like I've been exposed to a lot of things that maybe typically people wouldn't think that I've been exposed to in life. And working in as a bartender in a strip club was one of those things. And I loved it. I engaged in it. I kind of, you know, when I'm in those situations, I look at it almost like an anthropological thing. Like Mm. I'm learning about how people engage. Like there were like lots of bikers and lots of, it was just so many interesting people. And, you know, I learned things about like movement and dancing, you know, cause Mm. I'm always interested. I played sports. Like even I, I worked there when I was in physical therapy school. Right. So movement is my thing. And these girls taught me like not only how to do the moves on the pole, like I didn't do them when the bar was open, but I learned <laughs> how to use them, right? That's the truth. I just want you to know. I like that. Yeah, it's yeah. great. But you know what I learned? I learned a lot about physics while I was there because the secret that I don't know if everybody knows, but the pole itself is not a static pole. It's a pole wrapped around another pole. So the pole itself spins to give you that torque and that velocity is how you can do so many cool moves by using muscles and physics because the pole itself moves. And like, Hmm. that's something that I learned. And it was like, so it was like awesome as far as like engaging, having fun and just learning about like, like, I don't know how many people in life know that the pole in a strip club actually I didn't know that. There you go. Honestly, I didn't know that. That's your learning for the day. (laughs) The pole in the strips (laughs) club, it uh, it spins. That's the takeaway. I mean, again, I haven't worked in one in a while, but, and again, maybe technology has changed for now. I'm not really (laughs) sure. Club technology is. I don't know. (laughs) Hospitality technology. I don't know. Things are different. Holographic strippers in the future, you know, it could be a thing, you know? Oh, oh my gosh. And it, and it won't be that far in the future either. It is. It's incredible what's going on so quickly. And so, I mean, my mind is just blown by even the little dribs and drabs. And I don't understand technology so, so well. It's definitely not my area of expertise, but it is like mind blowing. It's mind blowing. It's it's infiltrating strip clubs. You don't have to tell you. I'll tell you a quick story. Sure. I when I lived in Vegas for a long time, like 13 years and probably the first in my 20s, I was like, yeah, I've never been to a strip club. And so my wife and I, we're already married. So we like, let's, let's see what this is about. So we would go to this place, Olympic gardens in Vegas. And, uh, I think for like 
six months, we were going pretty regularly to the place. And I always had a good time, but then I just- Because you were learning how to do the physics of dancing around yeah. the pole, right? <laughs> I mean, no, mm-hmm. <laughs> I was handing out a lot of ones. Let's put it that way. <laughs> but I was like, mm, you know what? I, I just speaking of the other side of life, I was like, there's definitely another side to this. There's got to be because, you know, you're going at nighttime. I said, my brother in law was in town. I said, what if we went at like 2 p.m. one time? <laughs> and I got to tell you, the most depressed I've ever been in my life was being at a strip club at 2 p.m. in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. one of the worst experiences. Like on a Wednesday? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was like, it was bad, like really bad. Like I was like, wow, I, I can't be here. <laughs> I got to get out of here. I don't know. Do you want to hear really from bad. the other side of the coin as yes, somebody do who, who doesn't freak with them, but you know, not to say I never have, but has worked in them before. I always say like, I, and again, I have run, owned my own business since 2005. I have my blah, 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 my degree from Columbia. I'm a physical therapist, whatever. And I say, if somebody says, we talk about, you know, my hospitality and my, you know, how I kind of got to the place where I'm at. I said, you know what? I would go back there today and work at that work at any strip club. It would be so much fun. I would love yeah. it. I said, but the only problem is, is because I'm so damn old, I would have to be working during the day. I would never be able to work at night at a strip club again. I'd have to be a daytime bartender because I wouldn't be able to hang at night because of so many other factors. So yeah. um, I totally understand what you're saying. And but I would I would even go and work during the day just because it would be just such a fun experience to relive, I suppose. It's just something you know? to try you know it's like i had to i had to see what life was like at 2 p.m at this place mm-hmm. and i didn't need to know what it was like after that i was like we're good i've uh, i showed up <laughs> at two and we just looked at each other we're like whoa this is definitely not how it is at like 10 p.m at night totally <laughs> different totally, totally different, different clientele people and i was like what is happening and here this is so sketchy <laughs> but like, just like anything else in life, like where you go, when you do it, yeah. how you do it, how frequently you do it, whatever. And it's just, right. it changes everything. I mean, right? if you go clubbing at like 11 PM, you know, to midnight, you know, it's a lot of fun. 2 AM. Uh, it's a different crowd in there, man. It's a different game. A it's different a different game. game. It gets a little, it gets sketchier the later it goes. I Same thing like. in the poker rooms too, like really? playing cards. Like if I go away, like if I do a tournament or go away for a weekend, I sometimes like I'll think about like the time of the day that I want to play. And especially like poker is a a generally a male dominated hobby. Like that's just right. Right. You know, common. Right. And so like, but that doesn't matter. Like I, I, whatever. Anyway. um, So for me, there's so many different parameters that kind of play into things. And sometimes I'll think about it. Like if I'm away for a weekend, like, do I want to go play, like walk in at 8 PM and do I want to walk in after dinner, like, you know, dressed like this, or do I walk in at 2 AM or what about 12 PM? And it's always different. And every table, every situation, everything is different. And that's the amazing thing about the game, the sport, whatever you want to addict. No, it's not an addiction for me, but it's (laughs) it's a hobby, you know, but um, it is really so fascinating because it is never, ever, ever the same. Each time it's exciting. It's independent. It depends on all the people you're sitting with, the energy in the room. And it just, it's so different. And you, I always have a blast no matter what though. You, you ever play in Vegas? You ever play poker in Vegas? I have played in Vegas. Yeah. So I have some, I have some really, really good Vegas stories. Vegas and I, um, <laughs> we have fun together. 
Um, but Vegas and I are, yeah, definitely not meant to be in a long-term relationship. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It's Yeah. It's super, super fun. But also like there is a serious component to playing poker. Like there is, you know, I mean, you're, it's math, it's thinking, it's logic, it's strategy. And to me, Vegas when I go there, I kind of, you know, I haven't been there in a long time, but when I've gone there in the past, it's just, it's just total disarmament. It's it's just like, what? Too much tequila? (laughs) tequila. I mean, I probably have had some nights of too much tequila in my life in Vegas. Yes, I will admit that. (laughs) Maybe I need another one soon. I don't know. Maybe that's, that's part of it for me. (laughs) Yeah. I know a lot of people just hate Las Vegas. Like, actually, I think most people I know just don't like it. I don't, but it's I like don't understand saying, that. It's like saying I hate Disney or saying I hate like, you know, an all-inclusive luxury resort. Like now, again, is that ideal for me? No, I love natural beauties. I love organic sure. things. I love off the beaten path things. But you know what? If you go to Disney or go to Las Vegas and that's your expectation, like it's a fantastic experience. Like oh. Vegas is a wonder of the world. Like you've never yeah. seen anything like it. Like, yeah. So, if you can accept the experience for exactly what it is, yeah, it's a really perfect example of what that experience is. Like it would be like, and I've never been there, but I imagine it'll be like going to Dubai or going yeah. to, there's so many of these contrived fabricated places yeah. that for what they are, are just like, again, they're just an incredible experiences. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of people, they don't, maybe, you know, they don't like the gambling part or it's just really uh, crowded but uh, again, I, I don't know. I think it's not like I want that all the time in my life, but there's moments in life where I want that energy yeah. where I want, you know, I'm going to Vegas uh, today, actually, like literally right after. Awesome. This. What time, what time plane should I meet you there on? Mm, oh, five. Awesome. <laughs> you, you know, you actually reminded me of a really creepy experience I had in the beginning of the pandemic. Oh, I remind you of a creepy experience. You, no, no, no. no, no you, <laughs> listen, listen, Wayans, brother. No. <laughs> Um, no, no, no. You reminded me because you said some people don't like it because it's crowded. Right. Yeah. And these experiences are like these experiences, these consumer experiences, like you go to Vegas and you know, it's going to be busy, loud, crowded. Yeah. That energy is going to be like, you know, level 11. Right. Yeah. The we- one of the weirdest experiences I had during the pandemic is I was staying um, maybe 20 blocks away from Times Square. Right. And I walked and, you know, things were really extra creepy in the beginning right like for me anyway and it took some adjusting you know we're still adjusting in weird ways right but the beginning part was and I took a walk and I walked down Broadway in New York City towards Times Square and I literally walked about four to five blocks and I was standing in the middle of Times Square and there was not one other human being around Mm. it was one of the most surreal and at the time frightening experiences of my life I lived right near Times Square for many 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 years and I would walk to commute to work and I'd have to negotiate the crowds and I'd try to avoid because you know if you're getting to work and you're living in New York you don't want to be involved in it trying to get to work on time or or get wherever you have to go but standing in the middle of Times Square without another human being around was like still I'm starting to get chills from the experience it was like such a visceral mind-blowing experience for me I could because it's normal for Times Square to be busy and action and loud and all those people it's still literally my heart is beating faster just remembering my experience of actually physically 
being there. It's changed. I'm like sweating from it right now yeah. because it was such a, an otherworldly experience to be there without the crowds, without the people yeah. and just the lights flashing. And that was the only noise that there was in all of Times Square. So yeah. it was, yeah, it was a big experience for me. Yeah. So a lot of experiences anyway. in life to be had out there. You know, and uh, sure. I'm going to be experiencing that tonight when I go to Vegas. Awesome. Uh, so so what are you doing in Vegas then? Uh, I'm going to meet a friend of mine and we're going to go to some uh, cocktail bars and just chat and uh, just connect. That's connect. it. You know, yeah. I mean, that's that's my version of partying at this point in my life. I just, you know, have a few mm -hmm. drinks, uh, you know, maybe have an edible and uh mm -hmm. and then just talk about a lot of just very interesting deep things that's yeah i'm not ripping up the town you know i'm kind of going a few places but i'm you know i'm, I'm enjoying very intimate and exciting conversation deep well but you're, you're ripping it up on a one-to-one -one level yeah and yeah, to that's me, it. yeah those experiences can can just be like so thrilling and so exciting like yeah almost as exciting as being in times square vegas with all the crowds sure. is how far you can travel when you're connecting with one other human being. Right. That's right. I mean, I'm not clubbing anymore. I, my clubbing days are over. Honestly, they are. They're I don't just, say that. Wait, well, I just, it's maybe it's the environment. Come on, one time, you know, one time? The, I know I would probably do it one time. It's just that it's going to sound like really old of me, but it's just too loud. Like, it's just like, and I, and you know, I, here's the thing. It's not that it's so loud. Like I don't like the volume. It's just that the volume doesn't allow me to talk to people. Like in Vegas is, is famous for this. Like you go to a restaurant and it's like music is so loud. You can't talk to the people you're eating with, right. you know, and stuff. So anything that is too loud where I can't talk to someone, I don't really right. want to be there. The well, club does I, what clubbing does. I agree in a restaurant if the music is too loud and then you have to like, yeah, I mean, I have a pretty loud um, voice in, to begin with, yeah. but in a restaurant, if you can't hear other people, I agree. But if you're going to a concert or a club or any kind of music, to me, I go there and I like to resonate with the people and the crowd, but I like to resonate with the vibration and the life of the music. And so yeah. if I'm at a concert or a club, I want to move. I want to dance. I want to feel the vibration. I want to vibrate with it. And I don't really want to do actually those are places that I don't like to do a lot of talking. If I'm at a concert, maybe I'll be singing. I'll be, you know, vibrating my vocal cords and sure, stuff, sure. but I don't go to a concert or a club to talk to my friends. I go there to to feel and to move and to let loose at, on on that physical level. Yeah. You know? See, when I see I don't go club anymore, but like clubbing, see my clubbing experience is literally Las Vegas. Like right. <laughs> my clubbing is like big clubs, like gigantic, monstrous, biggest mm -hmm. clubs ever mm -hmm. in the world. And but clubbing changed in Vegas because it used to be about dancing. I'm all about that. Dancing. You go up, you get tired, you go off the dance floor, you talk with someone for a little bit, you know, you kind of then you get back out there. Now people just stand around and, and watch a DJ, not even DJ. They just play songs and yeah. people it literally creepy people are lined up on the wall trying to catch people. And stuff. like it's nothing. It's not even exciting. It's just yeah. like standing around and everybody has their phone up and just taping stuff. That's not clubbing. Yeah. So it's no. loud. We can't talk. There's no dancing creepy people. Eh, not my thing. <laughs> I don't know. You could still find experiences where it's fun. Though. Like, do you, have you ever been into live music? Like I still like going to, and I like live music venues that are small and intimate. And when you go to a more larger, like a, a festival and outdoor setting, boy, those are so much fun. I need to be able to like actually hear what they're saying. Like if it's just too loud, 
It is. Mm-hmm. I, I have a lot of specifications. I know this sounds like like I don't want it to be so loud where I really can't even like hear them singing the lyrics mm-hmm. or it just sounds like they're shouting the lyrics. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I like I'm like, well, I could just listen to the album and it sounds way better than this. You know, it's kind of thing like mm-hmm. I, I'd rather be a more intimate venue where I could hear everything and mm-hmm. I can actually feel their talent. Like if I can't feel the talent because it's just yelling and screaming, I'm like, eh, it's not for me. You so know? you're not into like, like thrasher or heavy metal, any of that no. kind of music. Then. <laughs> no, no, I'm mainly into talking. Like I'm either going to be dancing or we're going to be talking. <laughs> That's going to be happen right there. So you either move one muscle or you move them all. That's exactly right. But I'm, I mainly want to talk like there's, I don't know. I, I just mainly want to talk. I want to have interesting conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm all about the music, but like, yeah. don't make it so loud that like the performance suffers because it's too loud. Yeah. Or when I'm taking a break from hanging out in it, like, I just can't hear myself. I was, you know, I don't know. Yeah. And for me, actually dancing, like whether you're dancing with one person or in a group or whatever, it's a conversation that you have between your body and one or several oh. other people's bodies. And so you're not necessarily moving your mouth, but moving your body, the dance that you do with somebody else in a, whether it's a, you yeah. know, just that movement to the rhythm and to whatever, boy, what a conversation that is that actually happens and goes on with I got to find different places to club, man. <laughs> that's Maybe that's just what it is. I'm used to these big stadium arena clubbing experiences mm-hmm. that are just not that interesting to me. Mm-hmm. I need something probably more intimate, smaller level, exciting, but yeah. like, I don't know. Obviously there's options. Anybody out there, you tell me we're going to get it popping, you know, but <laughs> I, just, I wish I had something. Vegas, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you need to, it sounds like you need to get out a little bit more, Darian. <laughs> what are you saying? How can you say that? <laughs> oh man. I got to tell you, I knew this was going to be good, Rachel. And it was. It went all over the place. Oh, great. good. Well, so so now, oh, do I get an Uber rating on it or a star rating on it or no? So I what we do in health in healthcare, it's well, we'll find out. Oh, oh now you just made me nervous. <laughs> that's no. for the people. So in, in healthcare, it's so interesting because we always look at it like a zero to ten scale, right? Mm-hmm. And we usually look at it as like pain because that's a big thing people talk about, right? Yeah. And so it's zero is no pain, so zero whatever, and ten is the worst pain, like you know take me to the hospital and cut my head off instead. That's kind of how I look at the range. And so normally like 10 out of 10 is a good rating. Um, But I actually, on my scale, it always goes up to an 11 because 10 is never enough. Right. You want me to give you a rating? Is that what you want? Oh, if you want to, you can. Okay. So what are we, what is this scale? This is like a Likert scale. Like what's the, uh, Zero to ten. Well, to me, like eleven's my number, so eleven Zero is the 11. best. Always, yeah, I am an eleven, right? So, like, <laughs> that's an that's. 11. Where... <laughs> I'm an 11. No, okay. actually, you know, it's funny though, and so my dad, he was eleven. I always played sports. I was always number eleven, and I'm actually, and then you can give me the rating. And um, okay. my son plays sports now. I have a twelve year old, and I've been telling him since he was born, like, no, it's a, it's a something that's passed down from family member to family member. You're eleven, yeah. and so he only wants to be different numbers now he wants to be two or yeah, eight but yeah. he knows deep down inside that he's 11 also so it's okay so zero to 11 zero is like you're the worst guest i've ever had 11 you're like the greatest guest in the history of all guests type of thing well i mean it could go it's your scale so it could actually go above 11 i'm just telling you that you know 11 is where 11 is for me you know we're looking at my my scale so you get to choose whatever number I'm gonna you be want honest. It to be i'm gonna give hardcore on radical honesty here please do it's what people need to get is radical honesty i'm gonna say nine out of eleven that's honest 
I think that's really good. I think that's amazing. I think that's really good, right? Because you're very, uh, you have a lot Two of charisma. Two up and behind the back. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I had that little hat too. Man. <laughs> Wait, listen, I would remember an hour ago, I was a virgin, right? I that's have true. never done a, a YouTube podcast before. I've never had a conversation like this before. So yeah. to for me to receive from you, who I actually consider uh, somebody who's pretty experienced and knowledgeable, and, and I feel really honored to actually even have this opportunity for this conversation. Hold on. Um, so, okay. It got emotional. I'm really honored. Thank you so much. Thank like, you. I really, I think like a nine out of 11 is even better than I could have even like. No, it's good. I mean, you know, because you have a lot of charisma, you're fun, exciting, a lot of interesting things. You got an interesting story. Like you're obviously doing well as a professional, but it almost seems like you're just kind of like you're very, <laughs> how, how do I say this? You seem like you got a, you're a very successful person, but you're also kind of like, eh, you know, I'm doing other stuff too. I'm just kind of like interested I'm in trying. a lot of different things. Like you're not like living and dying on this. You feel like, you know, like, and I like that you're, ex you're in, you want to explore other parts of life. And I have a lot of respect for that. And, and being you know fun what? I is, want... is important. I think that exploring all the parts of life, that's what living is all about. And, yeah. you know, I know we alluded to it before and whatever, but I actually, um, had a really interesting battle with cancer last year, very yeah. unexpected, very whatever. And so that was another newer shift yeah. in my life. Like, of course I used myofascial release and my network and all of the parts of healing and wellness that I needed to. But that also like the fact that I actually at 45 years old was faced with coming to accept the fact yeah. that like, all right, you know, when somebody tells you you have cancer and like, at first they thought I had pancreatic cancer. They were like, Ooh. I was like, okay, like, let me hear it. Let me yeah. understand it. Let me process it. It wasn't easy, but I actually came to a point where I actually accepted that I very, it was a big possibility that I was going to die last year. Yeah. And I didn't, and I fucking beat it and I'm doing fucking great now. And I have another scan coming up in a few months and I'm going to yeah. fucking do well on that too. Right. Love it. But actually and I think that there's some things in life where you can say like, this is what I would do or I could do, but until you're actually presented with the experience and, you know, I, I hope you or nobody else yeah. you do it, but when you're actually presented with the experience, and especially for me, it happened at 45, where I actually need to accept the fact that I have something that I could be dead very soon. Yeah. And then it didn't happen. It gave me a, a a bigger appreciation and lens on life that I am so grateful for, and it was one of actually the best things that could have happened to me. Wow. So what a perspective mm -hmm. and yeah, what a time it, here! I mean, nine out of eleven—that's pretty good. I'm telling you, really good, very exciting. Rachel, been a pleasure. Tell everyone how they could connect with you and uh, and get more Rachel in their life. Yeah. Um, so I can be found at www.midtownpt.com. Uh, I'm on Instagram at Midtown Physical Therapy. My personal Insta is Omniscient Witch. I didn't even talk about my witch, but that's okay. It's we okay. can talk about her. Another time. Part two. Part two. Time, yeah. um, 
And yeah, so Midtown Physical Therapy is my business. I'm in New York City and you can find me kind of anywhere. And we have to talk again because I am going to be starting my own YouTube channel sometime very, very soon. And you've been the direct inspiration for that. So I want to just give you like I like with all my heart, my heart is purple and I'm giving you a piece of it. And I really want to thank you so much because you actually in so many ways have changed my life in a very, very positive and meaningful way. So thank you. It's not often to hear something like like that on a regular basis. So thank you so much. I'm going to receive that. Thank you for telling me that. And uh, Rachel, please have a great rest of your day. Enjoy it. Thank you. Progressive protects more than just your home and car. You could save when you bundle your motorcycles, ATVs, boats, and RVs. Doesn't that sound good? Like the sound of your boat cruising along the intercoastal. And there's the sound of the prop hitting a really big rock. And now the sound of waves because the engine stopped. But you know what does sound good? You're covered with Progressive. So bundle all your vehicles and home in one place and save with the multi-policy discount. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers.